Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salad, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet Island Vibes.com. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool Shop. Hi, this is my friend, the Grumman Tiger. It's a jet, and I'm Ralph Donald, his test pilot. It takes a lot of training to control one of these babies. My son Wayne will learn someday. Right now, though, he's getting ready by learning to control a Lionel electric train. With a Lionel train, you not only get locomotives and cars, but all sorts of missile and rocket equipment, too. You can learn to operate these Lionel missile launchers. And fire this IRBM launcher by pressing a button. Wow! And look, you can put this target together and blow it up again and again. And look at this, the Lionel helicopter car. Watch her fly. And remember, kids, you're in control. You're the boss on the Lionel line. Ask for Lionel this Christmas. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'll tell Santa Claus on you. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver Adam Carolla telling you I love nostalgic radio and cars. Okay, listeners, hey, welcome. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. And again, I got caught texting, texting while running a radio show. So we should have sirens going off in the background, right, Bobby? And uh, anyway, so running your computers in Google, tantalk1340.com, and you can check out check out. You can see us live here in the studio here. And a very, very, very happy Merry Christmas to everybody. It's a perfect season right now, especially if you're up north where it's nice and cold and you got snow on the ground and all the other good stuff. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, next year, or next year, next week is uh, New Year's. But anyway, run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com and you can see us live here at the studio. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. And uh, if you've missed any of our past shows, you can check out our podcast archive section, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Bobby. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. You want to go ahead and do the uh, social media honors? Sure, it is. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Periscope, and YouTube, at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and at NRC On Air. That's it, that's it. Now, this uh, last week, obviously, there wasn't a lot of car stuff going on. This week, there's not really a lot of car stuff going on, because people are busy, you know, spending time with their families, Christmas shopping, and all the good stuff. But, last weekend in the morning, there was the uh, 
Cars and Coffee, the uh, DuPont Cars and Coffee, where they were uh, basically collecting gifts for the uh, um, for for children, for you know people that are underprivileged and stuff like that. And that was the Christmas Cars and Coffee over at the headquarters of the DuPont Registry. And uh, there was a lot of cars there, huge turnout, very very huge turnout. And you know it's it's just kind of a fun gathering. You know it's a monthly deal. You know a lot of cars show up. Uh, they always say between 7 and 9 p.m., but actually it starts like around 6. Some guys get there even at 5.30. It seems like every month it gets earlier and earlier. And uh, and the crowd's huge. And, um, of course, you know, we got great weather here, so there's a lot of people from uh, up north that are down here, too. And so you do see some different cars. In fact, there was one car there that was kind of interesting that you I haven't seen before and a couple other people hadn't seen before. In fact, you know, I'm kind of a well-known Shelby kind of guy but uh so they were standing here but looking at this really bright polished aluminum car and people are going hey robert is that yours and i go no not really and uh some people were commenting on saying hey this car looks like a really really nice uh cobra replica and uh had a nice wrap job and i was staring at the car of course i've been around these cars for a long time since the 70s and so i so i know a, a real one from a from a reproduction or a or a copy real quick, but the average guy really doesn't. Even a lot of the guys that own Cobra, Cobra replica cars um, are sometimes not sure. So, uh, but anyway, so I said, and then of course Tom DuPont walked up and we started talking a little bit and uh, he asked me if it was original. I said no, and of course first key was there was actually no Cobra emblem on the car. And, you know, I, I kind of take issue with that a little bit, you know, being a Shelby guy and being one of the state reps for the Shelby Club that, you know, I don't think the uh, replica should have Cobra badges on them. They can look like the car, which they do. You know, it's kind of like Porsche kit cars. You know, I really take issue with Porsches because, you know, you see the ads, Porsche for sale or something like that. Well, it's not Porsche. Uh, it's Porsche, for example, and it's and it's not a real Porsche. It's a replica, you know, whether it's a, uh, I don't even know who makes them nowadays, but there's so many of them out there. The, the more popular ones would be a Beck uh, replica or Intermachina, I think that's how, Intermechanica. And I believe those cars are made in Canada. Those are kind of replicas of convertible Ds and Speedsters. They're actually pretty nice, pretty decent quality. In fact, there's a couple of them in South Florida that I know of. There's one in Sarasota that's a very, very good example of one. From a distance, you probably won't know. In fact, I know a couple of years ago when I was out in California for Monterey Car Week, there was a guy that uh, was going down the road from San Rafael all the way to the Golden Gate Bridge and across the Golden Gate Bridge and out to uh, Golden Gate Park in that direction. And uh, he had what, from a distance, and I was trying to fight through traffic to try to chase this guy down to see if it was real or not. But it looked really, really good from where I was sitting, you know. And, uh, I mean, the trim, the spears down the side were correct from the car. The sit look and stance of the car. The bumpers look correct. The trim looked correct. The, the little reflectors on the back. The license plate bracket. The license plate light. So from a distance, from the rear, it looked pretty close. And you really can't tell unless you're, like, right up on top of it. They Some of those, that like the inner mechanic cars, those are pretty pretty close. Well, anyway, back to this uh, Cobra replica that was at um, DuPont Registry the other day. I was trying to explain to some people that I believe, I believe, you know, because you don't want to s- be certain if you're not 100% certain. But at first glance, I was fairly certain. And I said, it's an aluminum car. So then I walked up and looked at the inside of it. And you can actually see where the body was actually wrapped around and riveted to the uh, to this tube, tubular chassis, which is basically, um, they have basically like a tubular skeleton, and it was welded around there. And then also the pods on the side where the uh, curtain windows fit into on, a, on the original aluminum cars, they're kind of like uh, welded or, or uh, yeah, welded in there, take MIG, however, which way they, whatever process they use. And so that's a telltale sign. And then, of course, the dead giveaway was Kirkham, on the steering wheel center. So it was a Kirkham, which is what I said, it, I believe the car to be. And uh, so sure enough, that kind of resolved that issue. But it was a really, really nice car. And it was in typical big block SC competition uh, style, you know, with the bulgy rear quarters and the bulgy front quarters and uh, the oil cooler uh, grill in the bottom and everything, which was really nice looking. But what, was, what I thought was really tasteful in the car, and it had the, the wide uh, 7s and 8s or 7s and 9s uh, as far as the... Uh, Halibrands on it, but it had uh, not side pipes like an SC that came out of the side um, louvers and side vents behind the front wheel wells. It actually had uh, pipes running down the inside of the chassis and then dumped in front of the rear wheels. So that was kind of a nice look. So it was more like a street uh, 427 Cobra and uh, very done. And of course, there was a, you know the usual array of late model Shelbys, late model Porsches, late model Ferraris, late model Mercedes Benzes, McLarens. Uh, my friend Don had his 57 Corvette out there. Gail brought his 32 Ford out there. 
Um, Chris from Lincoln Land had his had a sixty three or sixty four Lincoln out there. Lex brought his Jag uh, out there. His E Type Rosa, beautiful car. Uh, I think the police department brought one of their assault vehicles out there. No, I take that back. That was at the parade. And um, yeah, I think they did have one out there. I'm going to think of it. And uh, just you know, there's probably two three hundred cars, four hundred cars. Well, not four hundred, but there's been four hundred cars there before. But let's say there was probably two hundred fifty three hundred cars there. And probably close to a thousand people or so walking around, and everybody having a good time, talking, socializing, and you know, um, drinking coffee, and so on. So that's what your basic cars and coffee is about. They're generally in the morning. Now we're thinking about trying to work out something where we can get one of these guys around here to do something in the evening, do an evening meetup, and they do do a few of those. On that note, it's time for some Christmas music. Grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication And she staggered out the door into the snow When we found her Christmas morning at the scene of the attack She had hoof prints on her forehead And incriminating claws marks on her back Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe now we're all so proud of Grandpa He's been taking this so well See him in there watching football Drinking beer and playing cards with Cousin Mel It's not Christmas without Grandma All the family's dressed in black And we just can't help but wonder should we open up her gifts or send them back? Send them back! Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now the goose is on the table And the pudding made of fig and the blue and silver candles That would just have matched the hair in Grandma's wig I've warned all my friends and neighbors Better watch out for yourselves They should never give a license To a man who drives... Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet. Islandvibes.com. 
Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. The Hey, the Red Rocker Sammy Hagar here, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Ah, uh, woo! Good God, woo! Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Jay Leno. Jay, how you doing? Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas to you as well. So, uh, are you getting ready for the uh, holidays, I'm sure? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's I wasn't. How it sure, that's how it works. Exactly. Well, I wasn't sure whether to talk about uh, Volgas, Skodas, Moscovitches, Tatras, Turbans, and things of that nature. So I figured, since it is Christmas, let's talk about uh, like when you were a kid, when I was a kid. What kind of toys did you get for Christmas? Car-related toys, of course. Car-related toys. Um, Remember Big Bruiser? No. I, how old are you? I'm sixty. Okay, I'm 66. I was still doing the Lionel train thing when okay. I was really, you know, 12, 13. Then the slot cars came in. Okay. And, you know, my brother was a carpenter, not by trade, but just pretty good. And he made me a slot track. He he brought a he bought a router, and we bought these two enormous sheets of plywood. And he cut a track using the router so there were no... You know how most slot cars, when you put the track together, go click, 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 you know, he bounce over the... This is all one continuous piece. He he, he made he, he made the center cut with the router, and then he put down the electrical table around it. You know, so the so the car could pick up the electricity through on the electric motor, uh-huh. and uh, it was fantastic. You know, it was like a copy of Lime Rock or one of the big tracks from back east, and so that was a pretty cool gift. Well, yeah, you grew up in New England, so Lime Rock was actually kind of like in your backyard, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I went there with my brother a couple of times. It's fun. When you were younger, did you ever have the uh, the desire to kind of race? You know, do any racing club racing or anything like that? Not to race. Um, you know, race car, regardless of what people may think, race car drivers are athletes, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and I was never really very athletic. Uh, you know, Sterling Moss, I think, could read newsprint at 20 feet. And I can't even see the paperboy at 20 feet. So to me, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. To me, plus to me, I always spent so much time working on my cars. To take them out in the track and break them, I, I, it didn't work for me. You know, my favorite driver was always Phil Hill, because Phil was a Packard mechanic, and he had great mechanical sympathy. Phil never broke a car and never damaged a car, really, in his whole career. Never had a bad accident, never damaged a car, because he was a mechanic, and he knew how to... He knew what the car was capable of and exactly how far he could push it. You know, a lot of other guys would get in the track and just, you know, gun the heck out of the thing and, you know, tear around corners and just slam shift it and do all this kind of stuff. Whereas Phil was like a like a conductor with a baton. He could move that gearbox, click, 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 and go through it. And and he could bring a car back after, you know, after a, a grueling race in pretty good shape. You know, whereas other guys' cars would be smoking or on fire or something. Phil always... Uh, he just had good mechanical sympathy. And so to me, I, I spent too much time working on them to go out and take them out of the track and, and break them. It, it didn't quite work for me. I mean, I like it and I enjoy it, but it wasn't, it was, I didn't have the burning desire to do it. On your TV show, you get to kind of play around a little bit. I think I saw recently there was one episode where you were out there um, playing around with uh, Tim Allen. You were doing some stuff with him. Then when there's another track, another episode. Right, right, yeah. Where, where you were actually on it. I mean, it seems like you have a lot of fun. You know, there's one where you're in a couple dragsters. Uh, I think there was a Bonneville episode. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's sort of the fun of it. You know, mm-hmm. you get to play with uh, and break other people's stuff. You know, so that's <laughs> the, I mean, the, the most fun for me was we were down in Florida uh, against a jet dragster. Now, I got 100 yards from 
I was in a new Corvette, light turns green, I floor it. I'm 100 yards from the uh, finish line, and the jet dragster hasn't even lit off yet. The jet dragster lights off, boom, and passes me in three and a half seconds. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. It just, you know, I, I mean, it was literally as fast as a bullet. Yeah. It just and- went flying I mean, I was almost at the finish line when I saw it sitting back at the starting line, and it lit off, and it went by me like that. It was amazing. And it was driven by a woman. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, I had a chance to speak with her a couple of years ago. I met her at PRI. She's uh, probably the fastest woman on two wheels right at the moment, isn't she? But, but you can't say. And it was driven by a woman. You can't say that anymore. I can't like, say like, that. When well, you get home, your dinner will be cold, and you'll get hit in the head. You know? But we're not a politically correct show. We're just guys that well, drive cars. That's true. <laughs> that is true. So, all right. So, besides the slot cars and stuff like that, and uh, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the slot cars. Aurora was one that comes to mind. Aurora and, was big. Yeah. Plus, you know, I grew up, when I was a kid, we were about 10, 10 or 11, and we had, when you grew up in rural New England, there were always abandoned cars. And in a field near my friend's house, around the corner from me, was a Renault, a Renault uh, 4CV, a little four-cylinder Renault. Uh-huh. And we played with it, and our dads helped us get it running. And every day after school, we'd come home, we'd just drive around the field in circles for hours in that car. I mean, it's just... It was like the greatest thing in the world because it wasn't that powerful and you know and it was just a lot of fun so we always had mechanical stuff to play with it, you know it's different now i mean when i was a kid every kid had a go-kart or a mini bike you had to know how to fix the lawnmower even my mother who knew nothing about cars knew when the valiant didn't start you opened the hood you took off the big round thing and you stuck a screwdriver down that other thing and <laughs> that would make the car go you know uh so but now there's there's none of that you know Kids don't really have to know how to use tools anymore. There's, you know, there's really no need for anybody to open the hood of a car. So consequently, kids don't have any mechanical curiosity, you know, because things just work, you know. That's kind of like a computer. It's plug and play. Yeah, I mean, I, I see very few repair shops. Most are replace shops, you know. And I don't say that for any other reason other than it's true. Most modern pieces can't really be repaired. You just have to replace them, you know, with, with an, and, and I guess that makes it easier and more efficient. But there is a certain satisfaction in fixing something. And I always think, you know, the guys when I was a kid, the guys that had the least amount of accidents are the ones that had to keep their cars running themselves. You know, you got your dad's car, and then you're going to put it in neutral, floor it, and drop it in gear and burn rubber. When it's your car, yeah, you're probably not as likely to do that. When you were, you talked about that 4CV, is that, was that the one that was affectionately referred to as the Delphine? No, the Delphine was, the, this was before the Delphine. Was before the Delphine? Delphine came later. Okay. You know, my, my uncle, you know, my dad, uh, my dad came from a big family, and my dad was 20 years older than my uncle Tony. And my dad was a prize fighter when he was a kid. And my uncle Tony was an artist, and uh, he liked to paint and whatnot. So, so my dad would always buy the Plymouth or a Chrysler or something. And my uncle Tony comes over the house with her. He buys a brand new Renault Dauphine in 1956. <laughs> I was six years old. And he comes in and had the country horn, and the city horn, and my father comes out and he goes, what the hell kind of car is this for a man to drive? What, what, what kind of man drives an automobile like this? What, what, what is it? My father just didn't get it. And of course, Tony being the artsy type, you know, he, he, he loved the French influence and he had a beret and all this kind of, you know, and my father just didn't get it. He says, how can we be brothers? This doesn't make any sense. Look at this car. You know, he just thought it was the silliest car, and which it was. It had 40 horsepower, you know, a little tiny when all go fiend. And my dad had this enormous uh, yeah, a Chrysler 57 Belvedere, you know, and, and hilarious. So, I mean, it was just very funny. Now, you, um, I, on your on your TV show, you have um, uh, Donald Osborne coming, and I know Donald as well, and, uh, right. and he's an appraiser. He lives in Palm Springs, and I see him at Monterey all the time, and, and I see him at Scottsdale and most of the shows and stuff, and he does a very good job with you. But he's in the quirky little cars, too. So, you know, you talk about... Oh, Del- he likes the quirky stuff, yeah. I, I just got off the phone with Donald. He likes... All the Italians designed by Signor Perte, you know, <laughs> got all these names you never heard of, you know. Uh, but yeah, he loves all that, uh, you know, 
uh, Italian stuff, which I, I do too, actually. I like it very much. But uh, no, he's he's quite knowledgeable. He, he's very good at what he does, and we, he's a good addition to the program because people like that segment. The guy, but he wants to try and figure out what's worth money and what isn't. And uh, it's surprising, you know, rare is not always valuable, and valuable is not always rare, you know. Well, I think I can't remember what it was the other night I was watching because you're on every Wednesday night. And uh, it was a car that we, it wasn't the one with the Citroen SM, it was something else, another show, the, the last one you had on. And yeah. I think when I turned 60, I think my brain's starting to fade, so it's just kind of like I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. And um, But uh, there was one car, and you guessed it, and maybe it was the SM, I'm not sure, which I think is a really amazing little car. And, and, and a lot of TV shows, that car, for some reason, seems to be in the background a lot, so it's kind of like right where it's situated, which the Citroen SM was kind of an underrated sh- car, and I remember when they came out, I think it was 70 or 71 when that car came out. Is that about right? Right, right. And they, used, yeah. and they used it in the movie The Longest Yard. And Burt Reynolds, I mean, he was slamming through the gears and ran that thing right off the right. thing in the water. So. Right, 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 yeah. And you're talking. I love Citroën. It's a fantastic car. And uh, I'll tell you what I'm looking for if you happen to have a set. The early DS19s and the earlier ones, they had those funky headlights, the funky fog lights. You don't have to have a spare set of those laying around, do you? The, uh, the old CBAs? No, I don't. Have, have, have you got a 19? No, I don't. But actually, believe it or not, the fog lights, not the long ones, but the short ones, those are the ones that Porsche used on the uh, rally cars. Oops, I just, oh, gave away, I just gave away a trade that's secret. It. Sorry about that. Oh, well. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the 19 was sort of the base model. Right. A stitch oil, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they're, yeah, they're very nice, too. They, they had a regular brake pedal, not the button on the floor, and a few other things, yeah. Well, there was one episode where you brought that in there, and you were kind of cruising around with the other low riders because it goes up and down, you know, but it's done like that oh, right, from the yeah. factory. That was right, a, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was fun. The low riders like that guy. Mm-hmm. So have you picked up anything recently that's really unusual, that's kind of quirky, that, uh... Unusual is quirky. I've got a couple of Panards. Those are interesting. Okay. Those are two-cylinder French cars. Right. Um, I'm restoring a 71 Mercedes 3.5 Coupe. Those are the last of the hand-built Mercedes. I love those things. And right now I'm kind of in my motorcycle phase. You know, I've, I'm 66, so I don't know how many more years I got to ride. So I'm doing a lot of vintage motorcycle. I think I have one good crash left, and then I won't be riding anymore. So, <laughs> there, I was out of my, 19, my 1930 Brough Superior today, and that was kind of fun. One bike that you, I saw in one of your episodes, which is actually kind of a rare bike, and I remember that bike when I was growing up, because it wasn't real popular, but uh, hand, if you were a motorcycle enthusiast, you kind of were aware of it, but that was a Munch. You had... Uh, the Munch Mammoth, yeah. 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 I've got the very... There was the prototype, and then there's mine. Mine was the very first one. Second one built, yeah. How did that car get yeah, to we, the United States? That's kind of an odd, I mean, car. How did that bike get over here? Well, don't forget, before 1968, 1970, you could bring anything in from anywhere. There was no rules. You know, if it was a vehicle in England, it could be a vehicle here. That's true. You know, it, it wasn't until the mid-70s when they started with crash testing and all the other stuff that uh, even now you can bring in any pre-75 vehicle no problem you know so, so that's not that's not unusual yeah i suppose um other german or european bikes i'm sure you've got uh you got some sundops and you've got um maybe some styres bmw don't have a styre i like styres so mm-hmm. bmw um not a lot of german mostly english i like i like norton i like Brust superior i like vincent um mostly mostly english bikes do you have a pooch in your collection I do have a Pook. You know, uh, Sears were Pooks. Right. Sears Roebuck, you could buy a Sears Roebuck motorcycle, and uh, it was really just a Pook. So I do have one of those. Yeah, they're funny. Little two-stroke. Yeah. Yeah, you got a Twingle? You got one of those? Is that the one you have? No. No, none of them. None of them? Okay, the Pook Twingle. That was kind of like that funky cylinder with the funky two two rods that did some weird stuff. Okay. No, don't have that one. No. Don't have that one. Okay. Uh, which one do you have? Which mo- which poop do you have? Oh, it's a uh, it's a two fifty Sears. Oh, okay. Uh, poop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A guy uh, gave it to me actually. Yeah. Let me add, and and it's funny. I was reading that someplace there was uh, some somebody wrote some articles a while back that a lot of people call you um, when it's like they feel that, that they have a car that has a personality or a, a relationship with the family and they want the car to kind of have a, a new custodian, you know? So well, I, I think, 
yeah, I mean, I hear from a lot of guys. Um, you know, nobody wants to look like a fool. Nobody wants to sell a car. Right. And then six months later, you'll see it at Barrett-Jackson or one of the big auctions gone for two or three times for what they sold it for. So you hear from an awful lot of guys that go, look, I, I just want a fair price for my car, and you know, I'll sell it to you if you're a little, even a little less if you promise not to flip it or sell it. And I don't. I keep everything. I've never sold a car yet, you know. I mean, we donate cars occasionally for USO or for the Wounded Warriors or something like that, but I, I never really sell anything. So that way people feel confident. You know, I had a, I've got a lot of cars where um, uh, people will sell you a car, even give you a car, if you promise to take care of it. And I, I usually put their picture on the wall, and I've had a lot of people come through, you know, to show their grandkids' grandpa's old car. They want to see grandpa's old car. You know, maybe the car grandpa had before they were born. And they come and they sit in and they take a picture. And, you know, we do a lot of that. A lot of those cars, they're, I'm presuming that they're they're relatively original. So do you keep them that way and just basically get them mechanically in order so they're running, driving, operable vehicles? Yeah, all of the above. I mean, sometimes some cars you resto mod if they're too far gone. Some of the nice original cars keep them nice and original. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, you just... Um, whatever you think is best, you know. Do you drive a lot of the cars, I mean, every day as far as like yeah. back? Okay. So you truly I, enjoy, I think, pardon me? Oh, I really, I really enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun and I just like the mechanicalness of the early stuff. Um, just the way they feel different, they drive different. I mean, all modern cars have sort of a homogenized feel to them now because Legally, they have to do this, and legally, they have to do that. Whereas in the old days, you know, you would go reverse, neutral, one, two, three, you know, or, or the reverse would be the other end, you know, just all kinds of interesting ways to kill yourself, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, modern cars just have sameness to them. I, I just like the old things because and there's a great satisfaction in working with your hands and getting something to run, getting it to drive, you know. I think... Um, yeah, you know, when that, they always say the heart's happiest when the hand and the brain work together. And when you do think, when you work with your brain all day, and that's one kind of job. When you work with your hands, when, when you use your mind and your hands together to work something, it's a, it's a bit more satisfying. I mean, I don't know any car guy that doesn't feel a great deal of satisfaction having a car that doesn't run. You go in the garage, you do this, you do that, and now it's running. You know, that's, like in my job, I mean, I'm a comedian. Some people think you're funny. Some people think you suck. They're both correct, you know. But if you have a car that's broken and it's not running, and you get it running, no one can say it's not running. Well, you can't say it's not running because, look, yeah, you're right, it's running. You know, I'm in a business that's very subjective. Well, I didn't think it was funny. Well, I thought it was hilarious. Well, I don't know. Like I say, they're both right. But when a car doesn't run and you get it to run, <laughs> no one can say it's not running, if that makes any sense. No, no, it does, it does, it does. And then, like you said, there's a certain certain sense of satisfaction, especially if you do it by yourself, yeah. especially yeah. if you're not a real wizard at it. If you just, by virtue yeah. of luck and just tenacity and and just keep staying at it, stick to it of this. Yeah, that's the fun part. That's the fun part. Do you consider yourself a mechanic, or do you consider yourself more of a tankerer? No, I'm a tankerer. I'm not a mechanic. Okay. I'm just, I was dyslexic as a kid, so uh, I, I pride myself on all being able to get my cars home. I usually, unless I've, you know, put a rod through the side of the case, I can usually get it home, come up with something. You know, I mean, the number of times I've driven with a, a coat hanger going to the carburetor to work the throttle or, or you know, you know, bad gas tanks, I've like a five-gallon can with a hose running to the carburetor, you know, holding it outside the window going down the road. I mean, I've done all that kind of stuff. A million times. But, uh, yeah, no, I think I think tinkerer is probably when, a fair way to put it. When when you mention coat hangers and gas hanging out of the side and stuff like that, the first thing that comes to my mind is British cars because I've had a few of those over the years. And oh, yeah, I, yeah. And, and they just they love to leave you along the side of the road, you know. So oh, yeah. you, you've got to carry tools, a paper clip, a rubber band, a coat hanger, you know, needle nose, wire cutters, things like that if you own a British car, right? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, you know, especially if they're pre-1960. The trouble is, it's not that they're bad cars. They're fine cars. But on British roads, 
You know, you're going 35, 45, 55 miles an hour because they're windy and, and small and single lanes in many cases. And you put one of those cars on an American highway with your foot to the floor, and, you know, they're not meant to rev at 5,000 RPM for 50, 100 miles. You know, it's just a different different driving environment. So that's why a lot of them would break down. Cars that are um, the, the vintage cars, let's just say like pre-72 cars because they don't have a lot of pollution mm-hmm. on them and stuff, and cars that are under twenty thousand dollars, what uh, do people contact you and and send you emails and say, hey, look, you know, I'm thinking about buying this car, or what do you recommend? And and if so, yeah, I get a lot of that. I do get you? a lot of that. Yeah, I was like, I have a very rare Ford Granada, one of the only ones with the wire wheel hubcap. You know, you get that a lot. <laughs> You're talking about like a '77 up Ford Granada, that one. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's what I mean. It's not really that rare, but okay. Okay, not the European Ford Granada, like the one that came out of Germany. Or the no, 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 the American one. Right, right. Actually, the European cars were actually pretty ne- decent back in those and days. We've gone, we've, we've gone from an era when people thought old cars weren't worth anything when they were to an era where everybody thinks everything's a classic. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got an 85 Cadillac. It's a classic car. No, it's not. It's an 85 Cadillac. You know. That's... Pretty much just sum, sums it up. European cars, let's say like, uh, do you have, like, you know, while we were talking about um, stuff like Cortinas and Opel Commodores and, you know, because you were talking earlier about your Mercedes 3.5, you know, the, the coupe, which is really a beautiful car, flat hood car, you know, V8, everything like that. Nice car last year for that body style. And I think that's a 111 car, right, if I remember correctly? It's a what? 111 car, W111 car, that's what they refer to. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. And uh, well, I kind of, I kind of, German cars are kind of my thing too. So I've had a few of those over the years. I like those cars a lot. I think, I mean, German engineering, you know. But uh, I love Italian cars. I love British cars. I think, like you said earlier, there's a certain mystique about driving a certain era car and a certain, whether it's a European car or whether it's an Italian car, whether it's a German car. Yeah. It has a feel to it, and, and it's almost like it's indigenous. Of the country, the of the country of origin, where the cars come from, is would you say that's fair? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think nowadays cars again get homogenized, but uh, you could always tell an Italian car, you could always tell an American car. I mean, I don't care where you're from, you can know nothing about a, about cars at all. Look at an Oldsmobile and go, well, that's an American car. I mean, it's just something about it is very American, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's true. And cars tend to reflect the country, you know. I mean. Um, France has really smooth super highways, so their cars tend to float and get a little bit boaty, like the old Chrysler Boulevard ride, because that's what they like. They're big, comfortable cars, you know. Then you come to places like, uh, like when you look at Bugattis, the wheels turn in because they have high crown roads, and people would go down the center, and the wheel would appear to be upright when when the, when the road had a high crown to it. You know? so, just, so there are there are characteristics of each country. The um, it's funny you were talking about French cars again. Um, the French sports car, the Alpina, the little one, like the little one that they right. use in the rally yeah. cars. Do you have one of those? No, I don't have an Alpina. I like them; they're very nice. But the, you know, you can't have everything, so it gets a, it's a little crazy. Okay, well, <laughs> I figured I'd throw it out there just to see because I know you have a vintage Porsche, and I know you have you know Italian cars. You got a couple of vintage Alphas, like the early um, Spiders, right? Don't you have one of those? No, I've got a Lancia Aurelia. Not an alpha. Oh, you got a Lancer. Oh, th- you know what? Those things have jumped in value, haven't they? They are. Oh God, they've gone. They've gone crazy. They've gone crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. That was maybe a fifty, sixty thousand dollar car, and those are pushing what three hundred, four hundred now, something like that. Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, and the Spiders are a million bucks. Actually, you had one of those on your show, if I remember correctly, that Donald was talking about, right? Wasn't one of that yeah, one yeah, your feature cars? Yeah, my, that's mine. Yeah, I own one of those. Okay. Yeah, the other wonderful cars. And uh, when you when you have a lot of these cars, and you and I presume that many of these you've had for a number of years, if you, and a parts sourcing for a lot of these cars is very, very difficult. So does it when you and, is that when you and Bernard and the rest of the team kind of get together and you actually, in many cases, have to fabricate stuff for these cars? You know, with 3D printing, there's no car part you can't make anymore. Really? It's the greatest invention that revolutionized. Yes, I've made water pumps. I've got a 1914 Premier I bought from a guy who bought it 35 years ago, thinking he could find a water pump for it. And he never did. He never got it running. He put it to me. I got it from him. Uh, I scanned a water pump that was all corroded and there was no good. 
and and three D printed a new one and put it on. It runs fine. So it's uh, yeah, it really is savior. When you say three D printing, so kind of clue clue my myself and my listeners in. So in other words, it was basically a composite material, a replica. You scan it, right? You scan it. Uh, if you want to put more metal in a certain area, you can do that because of corrosion. Really? Um, yeah, you scan you, you too. You can either either print it in cobalt steel or you can print it in plastic. You make it one percent larger to allow for shrinkage, and you send it off as the pattern, and uh, and and somebody will make you a new one. But that is the pattern, and they work fine. I've made water pumps. I made uh, parts for steam cars, feed water heaters, all kinds of. I mean, parts that you no longer available. If you got a piece of script that says Pontiac Bonneville and it's all broken and corroded because there were pot metal, you can make it in brass and it'll last forever. I mean, it's 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 the greatest invention. It's unbelievable. Wow. Make, uh, yeah, we make heating ducts. We make everything. I was somewhat aware of it, but I didn't really know they did. You, I, I've seen them where they used them like a PRI or SEMA. They had them and they, they were making plastic parts, but I didn't know they actually make uh, metal parts. So in other words, you make a prototype. Oh, and then you cast it, or does it actually make the actual well, physical part? You can, you, it'll do that, but we have to cast ours, yeah. Okay. But yeah, you can do that. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. I, and it'll make the whole thing, impeller, everything. Wow, that's incredible. It's, it's, it's the greatest invention there is. It really is. It's really terrific. But, oh, I've got to get going, you guys. I've got to run. That's right. I know you have a long drive ahead of you, so uh, have a safe trip. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm cutting it close here. So tell everybody, tell everybody, Merry Christmas for me. Okay, thank you very much, Jay, for coming on the show. We certainly enjoyed it. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year, and we look forward to having you on again someday. Real quickly, are you going to be at Celebration? Rumor has you're going to be in Celebration in Florida in uh, sometime in the spring. Celebration? What's that? That's a big event, and uh, that it's kind of like a tribute to Italian cars. It's just outside of Disney World. No, Orlando. I no, I didn't know anything about that. No, I don't think I'm going to that one. But no, I, w- I wish I could, but I probably won't. I'm in California, so. Okay, how about Amelia Island? You going to make it to Amelia Island anytime soon? I don't know. I'm certainly going to try. I love Bill Warner. It's one of the great events. So okay. I'll try to make. It. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, Jay, thank you All very right. much. And hey, uh, thanks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Our special guest this evening was Jay Leno. Surprise call-in, and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. So uh, there's our treat uh, for all our listeners. So how are we doing on time, Bobby? Oh, I want to hear another Christmas song while we're... Let's play another Christmas yeah, song. Sure, that was pretty good. Sure, sure. Here we go. Merry Christmas, Christmas time Some money after 911 and 411. Call 541. That's 727 541 1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727 541 1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle and visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com.
Hey now and have mercy, this is Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I think we have a caller they called and wants to comment. Yes, um, give me just a second, because right. he needs to be uh, properly, <laughs> properly introduced. Properly introduced. Oh, yeah, we have to have a segue for our special guests, always. And uh, so if you had a chance to tune in a few minutes ago, we had uh, a little Christmas call-in, because uh, I guess I could say our friend Jay Leno just called in, because uh, that's his, uh, probably the quintessential car guy in the world, and... Um, so uh, he called in. We talked a little bit about uh, his stuff that he's got going on in his TV show, which is every Wednesday night, Jay Leno's Garage. Now, without further ado, it's time to introduce another car fanatic. Probably not as well-known as Jay Leno, but uh, in some cases, equally as well-read. Delighted to welcome to the show this evening, the one, the only, the Alan. Volvo. Hey, Alan, how you Alan. doing tonight? <laughs> Merry Christmas, Alan. How you doing? Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Hey, you know what? Listen to Jay Leno. I figured out we're exactly the same guy. I'm not funny. I don't have a bunch of cars, but hey, we're the same person. Because <laughs> when I was a child, I had dyslexia. I used to go out trick-or-treating, and I'd go through the neighborhood, and the people, the neighbors would see me coming, and they'd say, uh-oh, here comes Al. Better hide the studelac. <laughs> okay, maybe, yeah, how many people got that joke? Jay Leno, if he was still listening. Exactly. Exactly, the studelac. So okay. I, I've been waiting to do that joke. It's a terrible joke, but like I said, I'm not funny, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I went to the parts store today. I was yeah. working on a car. Went to the parts store today. I'm all greasing everything. I don't care. Then I go, hey, I'm going to get some food. I went to the food store. I was greasy. And that's my persona. So people go, hey, what's wrong with you? I go, what do you mean? You're not greasy. You're clean. So I got to be greasy. You got to be greasy. Okay. Yeah. So, so what's new, Alan? Uh, that's it, really. Just working <laughs> on cars, enjoying the weather. Yeah, man. Today, we actually had the air conditioning on. That's how hot yeah. it was. That's crazy. Uh, that, that Kirkham car, by the way, it didn't have the oil cooler scoop in it, did it? So that's how you said it did. I thought it did. I mean, maybe I'm going to have to... No, because re- I looked at the picture and I said, no, it didn't. I'm going to have to refer back to the picture now since we brought yeah. this up. And, yeah. uh, yeah, the other day mm-hmm. I was I was in... Yeah, I didn't even get a chance to talk about the Largo Parade. We were in the Largo Parade. All right, so where, let me see if I can find this car. Can't miss it. And, uh, nope, can't find it where it is. Somewhere around here. But, uh... <laughs> oh, while, you're, while, you're, while you're gabbing, while I got I'm, some Miata I beat around town in. One of the coils shorted out. Right, so they want you got to buy both coils. Can't buy just one. So I had a GM system laying around. I broke into it, and it's sitting on top of the engine. And I got spark. There you go. All right, I stand corrected. You're right. It does not have an oil cooler, and it didn't have the uh, jack plates on it. What it had was uh, the small little bumpers. And yeah. what's also interested in interesting is on this car is it's not a wide hip car. It's a narrow hip car. So it's got the wide, which is kind of funny because people don't realize, but they actually had wide hip, wide fenders in the front yeah. or sure, sure. wide yeah. hip, narrow fenders in the front or wide fenders in the front and narrow hip in the rear. And it's kind of a goofy combination because really the only way it looks right is if you got wide fenders and wide hip. But other than that, it's not a bad looking car. And I'll tell you what. To make this car, it's polished aluminum, and there's not a ripple in the car. That required some serious, serious um, body work there on that one. I mean, some serious hand, hand work, absolutely. And uh, so then later in the afternoon, I'll just finish my story. Or I should say 12 o'clock, we were at the, uh, we did the Largo Parade. And, of course, we had Miss Moneypenny on the back of the truck. And uh, Good place for it. Good place for it, yeah, I know. It's funny <laughs> because we were joking about that, too, because Bobby made a comment, too, saying, well, you know, if they see a British car on the back of the truck, you know, it's no big deal because anybody that owns a British car says that's probably, it's probably broke down and, anyway. And I think somebody did say that, Pat. Once yeah. once, then, once it passed you, your your window, I yeah. think I heard it from the back. <laughs> somebody you made. can always tell when there's a British car meet. Because you see them scattered alongside the road, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and people and the trunk because they're trying to find the right tools. Yeah. To fix the thing. In fact, when we talk, I was talking to Jay Leno about that too, we we're saying that you know it's like if you own a British car, you almost have to have a paper paper clip, a rubber band, a screwdriver, a pair of wire cutters, and a coat hanger to to get. The, and you might be able to get it to work and get it home. Well, you, oh, you need a hammer for the SU. Fuel oh, the, pump. a hammer. Uh, actually, no. There's a trick to the SU fuel pump to make it work. Mm-hmm. Because the contacts get stuck together. You take a turn signal flasher and wire it in. So the flasher flashes, and it makes the thing kick on and off. The flasher flashes? Yeah, the fl- turn signal flasher. Yeah. Right? Turns the current on and off, on and off. So the fuel pump will operate. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. When you got your MGB, 
And the fuel pump quits, just grab the turn signal flasher and cut the wires, and from a new to dash, wire it in, you can get home. Okay. And just I, use arm signals. Just your arm signals, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I forgot to ask, you know, I was going to ask Jay that, but you probably know that one too, as well, because I've never really owned, uh, I've never owned a running, driving Italian car other than, I think, a Pantera. I had an Alpha yeah. once, but it didn't run. I had two. I had a Fiat and a Ferrari. Yeah, Fiat and a Ferrari. Okay, so you had one extreme to the other. Now, Italian cars, you've owned a number of British cars. Are Italian cars just as bad as far as the wiring, the mechanics, and all that? I mean, well, the thing is, Italian car, like I had a Fiat, right? Yeah. And you turn the headlight switch on, and the headlights are motorized with the X19. The headlights come up, and there's a little light on the dash that shows you the headlights are off. Well, I can see they're on because they're blocking my vision, and they're slowing the car down. Because actually, you do. Some of the amateur racers, they weren't rich enough to have the air brake like the old 300 Mercedes. So when they come to the turn, they turn the headlights on, they pop up, and you got an air brake. It's a Polish air brake made in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I will will say this, that the motors, the Italian motors, for the most part... yeah, you can rev the Wii out of them. You can rev, you know? Yeah, they would act, and I don't know about Fiat's, but I do know the Alphas had darn good motors. I mean, the rest of the car was questionable because it was, you know, yeah. it was sty- you can't beat the styling of an Italian car. There's no question yeah. about that. And, well, the uh, X19 was like a Porsche. You could put it in the garage, put the door down, turn the g- compressor off, you can hear it rust. And a Fiat, <laughs> if you could see from the right quarter up through the left fender, at eye, you know, you scratch down and look through it, then you know it's rusty. You know it's rusty, that's right. Yeah. Well, anyway, hey, Alan, we're just about out of time here. So okay. what, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say thanks for calling in, and that's good that okay, you did. But, and uh, and you, a Merry Christmas to you, and a Merry Christmas to all our good friends, to all our listeners. Be sure to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. If you miss any of our past shows, don't forget the podcast or the archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Gulfstream Motorsports. Hopefully we'll see you in some of the car shows. We're going to have a New Year's Eve show next week. We're not sure who our surprise guest is going to be. Everybody have a very Merry Christmas. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. I'm